was 25 and a half, I started a podcast. The goal? To review some of the newest and the latest movies, along with some other stuff. With the help of my guests, I was able to do this. But there were dark forces tampering with my podcast. And with me. They called it an improvised podcast for some reason. I eventually found help in the form of myself. Yes, the me from a universe where the movies I reviewed got delayed. Apparently, my podcast made it to his universe. I know now that it is my duty, for the good of that universe, nay, the multiverse, to keep recapping and reviewing these movies, to hold listeners over until they could eventually see the movies as they were made in their world. For some reason, they come out differently in my world. But it's kind of entertaining that way. My name is Steven Schinder, and this is Delayed Replay. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Delayed Replay, that podcast where we recap and review movies that got delayed in that other universe but came out on time in our universe. I'm your host, Steven Schinder. And welcome to the season two finale before this podcast goes on a bit of a break before season three. Uh, So for this episode, we're talking about Black Adam, the new DC film that just came out for us. And joining me once again, it is Mr. Multiverse. How's it going, dude? I'm good. Um, Feeling. Feeling. Yeah, feeling. Let's go with that. More than a feeling. Oh, copyright. Never mind. Um, okay, that's good. that's good, man. Um, yeah, it's like sort of the holiday times, and uh, what better holiday movie to talk about than Black Adam? Am I right? Yeah, nothing says uh, nothing says holidays like a fascist super being. <laughs> but then again, like, is it though? Yeah, I, I mean, Shazam was more overtly Christmassy, I guess, because of the snow. And, it, like, I I think that movie got closer to Christmas time uh, as it kept going, if I remember correctly. So, like, this is kind of weird because it's kind of, like, it's supposed to be connected to Shazam, but it feels so different, like, just tonally and in terms of, like, y- you know, it, it feels, like, a bit darker and whatnot like it's kind of weird that like you have these two different types of movies yeah the one thing i've always given dc over marvel um is that they're willing to experiment with villain movies um i mean granted the first time they did it was suicide squad it didn't turn out well but then they started cranking out like other films the suicide squad um arguably one of the best dc movies and of course the one that won him a damn oscar um joker won him two oscars i think right was it one or two I don't know. I don't really pay attention to award shows because I don't really care that much about them. But yeah, Joker definitely got a lot of great reception. And it, it even surprised me. Like, I, I was the guy who was like, oh, I, I don't like this idea of them like telling a Joker origin story. But I watched it and I was wrong. I, I was, it was really good. And I loved the performance. So... Yeah, like DC, just like the comics can go in all sorts of different tonal directions. Like they can get really silly, they could get really dark, or they could have some sort of 
mishmash in between, which I really love. Yeah. And I think the one thing, one of the reasons why I think people are so open to DC villain movies, especially people just like the DC villains, I think are honestly more popular than the Marvel villains or heroes sometimes. Like it really, because like everyone knows like the Legion of Doom, like even if you never read a comic, you're like, Oh, I know Super Friends. I know uh, I know that guy. But Black Adam's a fun one because Black Adam himself is okay. For those who are who are listening and don't know who this is, Black Adam. Just to give a quick rundown, was the original champion of, of the wizard Shazam. He was born into a nation called Kondok. He was known as Teth Adam, and basically he was given the power. He abused it by killing everyone and becoming a dictator. To which Shazam was like, uh, "Not today, son." <laughs> and banished him. And then Black Adam would eventually come back. He would serve as both a villain and an anti-hero. He, for a while, in uh, the Justice Society comics, he was actually kind of like the Vegeta of the uh, DC universe. So, like, how does Black Adam sort of stand uh, amongst the other DC villains for you, or DC characters in general? Like, how highly would you rate him? He's actually one of the, my most favorite. He's one of my favorite DC character, DC villains. I mean, yeah, he's a total dictator, and I acknowledge that. <laughs> but like, um, and I would it, like if I exist in the DC universe, I'd be terrified of him. But I find his character fascinating because like he tries to do good, and like he tries his best, but like he falls in on himself. Like he falls back to because he's he's as powerful as he is he's kind of emotionally vulnerable as a person and he kind of falls back on himself because he, he it's like the only thing he knows yeah i mean it's it's like with the joker we all know how evil he is but it, he's just so fascinating to read so like it's kind of weird like loving to read about villain characters but it's just like that that's a thing like people have favorite villains even though they strongly disagree with what they do it's it's just you know it's it's weird but that's how it is yeah for reference for wondering for those wondering how powerful black adam is because the one thing they've been trying to do in these trailers is be like the balance of power in the dc universe has shifted and whatnot to give you a reference of how powerful he is um black adam once took on by himself the justice league the justice society the teen titans the Legion of Superheroes and the Doom Patrol all at once by himself and won. Wow, that's quite a feat. Yeah, it literally got to the point where Billy had to give up being a Captain Marvel. So uh, I've experienced Black Adam and other media, like particularly animated stuff. Like the big one that comes to mind is, um, I think it was called Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam. Like, that one was really good. It's, like, a half-hour movie or something, uh, part of, like, some collection thing. And, yeah, like, he he's really powerful in there. Um, And he was also voiced by Arnold Vosloo, the guy who played Emotep in the Mummy movies. Oh, wow, that's hilarious. Because, like, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, we have the Scorpion King playing Black Adam in this movie. Like, there's even at one point where people referred to, like, someone, like, offhandedly calls him a scorpion king of sorts because, like, they, they talk about the story of, like, the scorpion and the frog and, you know, the scorpion doing bad things anyway. And so it was kind of like that. Like, he seemed like he would do good, but then he does bad, like, that type of thing. So it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek reference, but I, I was fine with it, I guess, as long as... 
we didn't see like the CGI Scorpion King that just looked terrible, you know. I also noticed. Did you see in like they're they're like going over the the historians are going over Teth Adams' legend and like you see like a hieroglyph of him fighting a giant scorpion. Yeah, yeah. Some of Black Adam's history is tied to Egypt, but I think over time in comics they created this this new um, nation, nation part of his uh, backstory. Yeah, Kondak. A um, little bit of DC history for more viewers. Don't you love having me on here, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> I do, actually, yeah. <laughs> Kondak and is kind of like DC's... Well, there isn't a rock in the DC universe, but Kondak's a little nation that was actually first appeared in Suicide Squad, the comics. Talk about, like, Middle East stuff without talking about the politics of the Middle East. And they also created another nation, its rival nation, Bialya, and it was basically the DC equivalent of Iraq and, and Iran kind of at war with each other so the two nations are at war with each other and like that in here in this movie where the Bialians are kind of um encroaching on Kondok as they had uh, thousands of years ago because the nation is so weakened by its economy and like lack of leadership again much like in the comics and that w was the emphasis for Adam to like step in kill everyone and put it and be like I am the captain now yeah <laughs> Yeah, th this is kind of a side tangent, but whenever, like, a new nation is made for a story set on Earth, like, you know, Kondok or Wakanda in Marvel, I sometimes wonder, like, is Earth slightly bigger than our Earth because of this extra nation, or do does it take up, like, bits of the surrounding territory? Like, are the nations around it a bit smaller than here? It's... Like, it's like something that doesn't really matter, but I sometimes think about when it comes to those sorts of things. Yeah, I, I do. Like, it, it it helps if you don't think about it. It's part of the co whole comic book suspension. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, because, like, if you really start to think about, like, the geopolitical, especially in the Middle East, you'd have to wonder, okay, was Kondok involved in the trading between Iran and Afghanistan? Don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> It would probably hurt my head as much as trying to picture a universe where the X-Men movies and MCU movies existed as one, like, the whole time. But, yeah, just don't think about it. It's too hard. What did you think of the way that they presented some of that history and the amount of time that they took telling it, like, all the conduct stuff? They just kind of talked about, like, the points that were needed. Like, hey, this is conduct. It used to be a great nation. And then it kind of fell to sh and they actually openly say, like, um, when the when the U.S. and Western powers kind of shoehorned in a leader who then turned out to be a total dictator. Hmm. Wow. We're we're a uh, shots fired. Literally. <laughs> um, uh, Black Adam movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I like how they also like briefly mention Waller. And I was like, of course, she would be involved in something like that. Really? Like it adds a bit of that continuity because DC movies sometimes they feel a little bit disconnected from each other but as long as they mention like just a little thing it's like okay yeah it's in the same universe and i'm fine with it in shazam i liked that they mentioned like you know the newspaper that talks about the death of superman and they could have very well not included superman before the credits and i would have still believed it's like the same universe so it's nice to have tie-ins like that and 
Yeah, I agree on like the history thing. They do a good job explaining like Black Adam's origin and like where he came from, who he was. And we see like different shades of him. Like we get the sense of he used to be a good person, but became mad with power. And it's just like, it's so interesting to see and hear about this evolution. I like also like, they're not shy away from like showing that black Adam will kill someone like in that opening scene where he just encounters those, uh, those guards and he just wastes them. Like he, he, pro he pretty much mortal Kombat finishes one guy by just, turning him into dust with his electricity. Yeah, and he even, like, does the neck snap, like, basically what Superman did at the end of Man of Steel, but, like, with no qualms and doing it to multiple people. Yeah, and then he, what was it? He flies through another guy? <laughs> yeah, like, he was going, like, super fast, and it's, like, real. it's really blink and you miss it, but it's, like, whoa, did he just, like, separate that guy into two halves? That's... Wow, that's pretty hardcore. Like, what is this movie? <laughs> yeah. I guess what I like is that it does, like, briefly talk about, like, how Teth Adam was... by Like, the start of the movie is basically Teth Adam starting as a slave. He gets found by the wizard, and he's like, you will be my champion. And he's like, yes, I will serve you. I will serve with this power. And he uses it. And then, like, when he, he, he frees the people of Kondok, he's literally like well, what do we do now? Like, the wizard's like, you did good. Like, you did good. Now we can, and now we can help find a new leader for Kondok. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be me. <laughs> the wizard, um, you can almost see the wizard have like a surprise Pikachu face. Yeah, it, it's like that meme where like someone says something and then the other person like stops, doesn't say anything. And then they say, wait, no, stop or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Because like he's like the wizard goes, they'll find the you know the people will find them. You will get you will protect them. And he's like, I can do both. I can rule them and protect them. And he's like, that's not how this works. And he's like, too bad. Yeah, I don't remember where it's from, but there's that line from somewhere where it's like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And that's what this reminded me of. Yeah. So Shazam shoots him off, uh, exiles him from Earth, and then begins his long journey into finding the new bearer of his name. And I like that, like, when he comes back, because it starts out as an archaeological dig to find him, and one of the people among that group is uh, Carter Hall, who is Hawkman. Yeah, like, we have the Justice Society of America members in this. Like, we have Hawkman, Cyclone... Dr. Fate, um, and Adam Smasher. And, you know, before this movie, when this movie was originally announced, well, I guess not originally, because, like, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been trying to get this movie made for a while, but when it officially got the green light, I wasn't expecting to see, like, some of these JSA members. I thought it was just going to be, okay, it's Black Adam, he's going to do his thing, but adding in the Justice Society, it made it feel like a fuller world in a way, I guess. So I guess it helps that, like, I've seen them in, like, other media by this point. Yeah, it does help with that, and it's kind of cool to see more of the JSA. It's also kind of cool because people thought, oh, is this just the J the Justice Society? This is so small. No, this is just a, a team of it. Like, the JSA are, like, back at their base. This is just an adventure they're going on. Yeah, and in recent stuff, because correct me if I'm wrong, but the JSA was 
originally in the comics like around the 40s or something like that if i'm not mistaken and then the justice league came in. there's like some media that shows the jsa like having been an older team in the 40s right yeah originally it was they were another earth um and the justice right. the justice league was on earth uh earth one and jsa was earth two but eventually the all the multiverse kind of cracked um uh, every other thursday for dc universe as we like to think of it yeah pretty um, much <laughs> and the two timeline the jsa and the jla folded into one continuity so yeah the jsa had been around in this new continuity they were the people who fought like the nazis and had kept the order for like uh, several years until undisclosed time when superman arrived and heralded the arrival of the new era of superheroes yeah, it's like he got this, they make it into this generational thing. So, like, for example, you would have um, Jay Garrick of one generation, and the next one is Barry Allen, who's, like, Superman's contemporary. It's basically like that. And uh, I like that they do that with with DC heroes in general. Like, keep it, like, you know, it's this ongoing generational thing, passing the baton sort of thing. Like, I really like that. I also like how Black Adam, like, he immediately recognizes Dr. Fate and Hawkman because he's like, because Carter Hall is the reincarnation of Katar Hall. Um, the whole continuity of Hawkman is a weird thing. It's resurrection and aliens. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, ju just another day in the life in DC multiverse. <laughs> but he does recognize, because there was, like, Dr. Fate, he recognizes, oh, shit, that's a Lord of Order. And that's Carter Hall, who in the in the pre prologue, we find out that Cater that Katar Hall was alongside him until he tried to betray Teth Adam to the uh, rulers of Kondok. So he's a little pissed off about that. Hey, yeah, just a little, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's like a reason because he was like Teth Adam was kind of macking on uh, Shayera, Hawk Girl. Yeah, he's he's a little pissed off. So I like that until like eventually like Cyclone calms down everyone. She's like, she brings up the whole thing of like Hawkman, who's always the first one to jump and grab a mace and hit it, hit something with. He goes, uh, we should, you know, he's Teth Adam. He's dangerous. I know him in a past life. We should kill him. And Cyclone's like, dude, he just got here. He's confused. And he remembers you as the dude who stabbed him in the back. He's going to be a little pissed. Yeah, they kind of question whether there's a way they can sort of rehabilitate Black Adam. Like, what do you think of that development at this point in the movie? What I like is that they don't do the man-out-of-time gags. They talk about it, and he's like, I don't care, the world's still the same. It's like, do people still stomp on those who are oppressed? And they're like, kinda, yeah, then that's all that I need to know. Yeah, like, we've seen the man-out-of-time thing with characters like Captain America in Marvel... Yeah, I, I do get how it can be kind of old, and it's kind of refreshing that Black Adam is more like, I don't care, like, this is the same Earth, and I'm gonna do, like, the same stuff that I want to do, like, whatever's, well, like, it doesn't matter to me, like, how different things are to you, it's all the same to me, sort of thing. Yeah. What I also like is that there isn't, like, a villain for Black Adam to punch, he is the villain. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they they do a really good job balancing the screen time between him and these heroes because 
Like, I feel like it's almost equal, but there's just slightly more Black Adam. Like, I feel like he's, it's maybe 60-40, I think, and the 60 being in favor of Black Adam. I mean, it is his movie, so. Yeah, yeah. Now, there is a villain he does encounter um, that the Justice Society were battling, and I gotta explain it because I'm pretty sure everyone watching going, who the hell's this guy? The the giant barbarian guy that Black Adam throws down with is Ibak. Ibok is another Shazam villain who he's empowered kind of like how Adam and Shazam are by like great heroes. He Ibak is um, empowered by the great conquerors of the world, Ivan the Terrible and stuff like that. I was really surprised that they had Bill Burr playing him. That was a really odd casting choice. Yeah, like he just shows up and he's like, because he's working for Kondok. Um, he's working as, like, hired muscle for Kondok, and he's like, you know, they told me about uh, that I'd have to fight a super freak sometime. I didn't think it'd be you. And uh, the two fight, and rather than kill him, like, because he's about to kill him, he's about to, like, just snap his neck, no problem. But Sny- a Cyclone talks him off a ledge, and he gets sent to Bell Rev. Yeah, like, it kind of took me out of the movie, like, the casting choice, but I was like, okay, whatever, I'll just roll with this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's also weird because Ibox like kind of is like you're like European, like Slavic kind of looking. Um, so it was just kind of like a weird casting, but I guess like Bill Burr's in a cot commodity right now, so all right. Yeah, with like Mandalorian and stuff like that. Yeah. And he, he does like he does a good job for what he's given. He's just there to be the guy to pu- be punched. Yeah, pretty much. And I will say they did a good job making it seem like this was his like superhuman body like like it didn't feel like it was just his head photoshopped on some other body to me which was fine but i do like throughout the movie like black adam does bring up a lot of points like he he's kind of like you have all this power but you don't go into like you know don't stop mass genocide you got a super villain to fight oh what's that you know lex luthor is building a robot Oh, but let's forget about the nuclear weapons that are poisoning people. Like, he's bringing up a lot of, like, points people would have in the real world with superheroes. Like, why are you just dealing with supervillains when there's, like, literal mass genocide and starvation and homelessness? Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing with superhero stuff in general. And it's pretty much that, like, you know, for the most part, I feel like if superheroes solved all of the world's problems like within the stories and it'd be like well how do we still reflect real life issues by like mentioning them in the comic books um like i feel like comic book companies like or i guess marvel and dc at least still want something to like anchor their stories into a reality that's more familiar to us which is why you don't like see them like ending all the stuff that we are going through you just see them fighting super villains but it, it is like a weird conundrum with superhero stories in general that they can't just solve everything so it's like you kind of have to try to figure out if there's a way you can write an explanation for that or just hope that the audience doesn't think too hard about it and i like that they addressed it here you know yeah there's like a moment where he's watching the news and he's just like, you report it, but you do nothing about it. Like, they clearly reference a certain someone who caused an insurrection. And he's like, this man nearly toppled your government with his faction army, and you did nothing about it. You drag your heels about it. Why don't, 
you you know he's a menace this had to be like a last minute thing they threw in it's like really surprising that they went there it kind of reminds me of um like i know this movie gets a lot of flack but in x-men apocalypse when like he absorbs information from like the news all over the television as basically like no humans are a mistake type of thing yeah like and then he flips the channel to another news station and, it, and it's immediately talking about like a, a school shooting i'm like damn this movie got really heavy yeah it's really crazy that they're addressing all these things that are unfortunately a current thing like still after all these years and it's like it's no wonder Black Adam feels like like he has to be like in charge of everything and that nobody is like good enough, you know? But if there was any character to do this with, it, it was Black Adam. He mentioned Superman, like they talk about this other god among men who could literally do anything, but yet these men in white robes murder people for the for the uh, because of their different skin color. Or man, like this got like this was talking about some issues like climate change and stuff like that. Like they let massive corporations get away with killing the planet they live on for uh, for money. And I'm like, geez. And and the and the thing is like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. This might be one of his best performances. Like he's usually just known as the Rock and known for just doing like cool action hero roles. But here he's like bringing it because he's like, you can hear like there's anger in his voice, but like there's sadness too. Like, why aren't you doing anything? Like, like he's telling the Justice Society, he's like, why aren't you doing anything? He's in a variety of different things. Like there's stuff where he's in like fun action movies and there are certain movies where it feels like they put him in there because they felt like they had a bad movie and putting The Rock in there will make it more watchable, which... I mean, to their point, they're right. Like, putting The Rock in something does make it more watchable, in my opinion, which is why uh, very few people have seen the Scorpion King sequels. My friend Greg, who's on the show recently, he actually recently watched all of those movies, and he, he was talking about they kept getting, like, really bad. And, yeah, like, they don't, like, reach uh, however much he enjoyed the first movie with The Rock. And yeah, I also love his show Young Rock, where it shows uh, younger versions of him in different periods of his life. Like he, he's like a really fun actor to watch. And he really did bring his A game to Black Adam, which I mean, props to him. Like Black Adam to Dwayne Johnson is Deadpool to Ryan Reynolds. You feel like there's that huge reverence and passion to like try and depict the character the best way that they can and to the best of their abilities. And like, he really nailed it here. Like he's really into it and really like showing that this is the character bringing it from the comics and onto your screens and like bring him to life. Exactly. Yeah. There is a scene later on where he's like, no, I'm going to change something. Like he storms into Congress and just announces I am now uh, like you, you people sit on uh, on a throne of money and blood and I am here to uh, sit on a pile of bone, make my throne out of bones of your uh, of your bodies. And one senator's like, oh, you're not going to do anything. You, you know, the Justice Society or the Justice League will stop you. Adam just flies point blank and just plunges his fist through the guy's stomach into and then pulls his head out from his body and pulls it out of the guy's torso. They were really going for the R rating here, which in itself, it was kind of a risk. But 
I guess because The Rock is in this, it's easier to get people to watch this. Yeah. And I guess, like, since Joker did so well, even though it was an R rating, it was like, well, right. yeah, let's give it a shot. So he was like the senator who was just, like, mouthing off, like, oh, I'm so scared of a sandboy. And I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> you're going to die. Yeah, and, and it kind of reminds me of Superman two, of Superman two, um, General Zod and, and his crew and Lex Luthor as well. I think they go to the White House and pretty much take over. So like this is kind of a more modern version of that, but amped to eleven. So it's like even more uh, like scary, for lack of a better term. And it's yeah, it's brutal. So by that point, the Justice Society shows up and Cyclone is, is like giving one last chance is like, look, you got to just surrender. Show the world that you aren't the monster here. Like, just show the world you're not the bad guy. And he's like, maybe I should be and just kills her. Yeah, that was a huge shock. Like there were a lot of people gasping in, in the theater in that moment. He also like makes this point about how people are hypocritical and that they enjoy movies where villains try seeking redemption and get it like star Wars, for example. Uh, that's one that came to mind. And, and he's like, but you are a people who do not forgive people who do like the most terrible things. And it's like, huh, oh, that's, that is kind of weird to think about. And it's like, yeah, like black Adams, just not pulling his punches. He's doing what he wants and just, judging humanity as he pleases and it was really cool like i know we haven't talked a lot about the jsa but pierce brosnan like really has like for what he's in here for he's really good as dr fate like i was like the moment they cast him as hector hall i was like excuse me kent nelson i was like i didn't think of it but he's actually perfect yeah i mean pierce brosnan a former james bond actor you know to die another day easily the best james bond movie uh, no i'm kidding it's the worst one probably or well the worst <laughs> but yeah he's he's really good in this role it's and you know it takes some getting used to uh for, for me at least but yeah i think he really got it down and like the helmet that, that they show is like really what well, like you could tell they paid a lot of money to get it looking so good on screen it's just eye candy yeah we get to the final end the final part where it's a battle at um the white house where Black Adam's just fighting the entire Justice Society. And it's not just the team he was encountering, it's everybody. Like, you get to see some cool scenes of, like, Stargirl and Alan Scott Green Lantern and Wildcat, and he's just beating the shit out of all of them. Yeah, like, this kind of confused me, because it's like, wait, when does this... to like? Because, like, throughout the movie, I kept thinking, when does this take place? Like, how long after or before Justice League is this? And where have, like, some of these characters been in that moment when everyone showed up i was kind of tr i was trying hard not to think about it because i was just like i i really love that all of these characters are here on the big screen like just showcasing who's in the dc universe and like who can do what and uh, i i loved it yeah so eventually like the thing is is that the justice society doesn't win and black adam like looks around because he's about to put the killing blow on hawkman and then he's like he stops he looks around and is like you know what? I don't want this. I don't want to do this. I just want to go back home. So he just flies up, gives a declaration of, I am going back home. 
I am going to return to my people because they that's who needs me, and I'm going to protect them from all of you. So he basically tells the whole world, don't come to Kondok. I was not expecting this. It was basically an F you to the rest of the world. It's like, you know what? I'm going to protect my turf, and if you step on it, I'm going to come after all of you. And, you know, with all the damage he's done, it's like, how are people not going to try to come after him, like try to stop him, like just seeing what he's been capable of and how dangerous he is? When he goes back home, like at the end of the, towards the end of the film, you see like him like destroying like oil fields that are U.S. owned or and like chasing out like the elite members of the uh, ruling class of the con of Kondok and then sitting on on a throne like he did at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's like poetry. It rhymes as GL would say. Yeah, it's uh, it's like poetry. It uh, it rhymes with mass murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was actually a really good impression. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, uh, I I work on it sometimes. Uh, the, the, this is where Greedo says McClunky. It, it's very pivotal to the scene. You know, uh, I think those Ewoks need more screen time, you know? <laughs> but yeah, this was like a really unexpected way to like take Black Adam, you know, that, that decision he made to just be in charge of conduct and want to like protect it from the world so to speak like is like this was a really bold movie like obviously it's not as grounded as joker so it's very different but for a movie with a super powered being like we've seen stuff like this uh, in cinema like um well what was that one movie where it was like a kid who was kind of like an evil superman the the one that james gunn did um right brightburn yeah brightburn well like we had that um but i feel like not as many people saw that as are seeing this movie so it's like not completely new but they take that idea and run with it and throw in some philosophical stuff that like wasn't on many people's radar probably and it's like you know it's surprising that this is a comic book movie with a superpowered being that that and it's one that can make you think it's like i i just love that about this movie like it's just so well crafted so uh, did you want to talk about the post uh, like the credits yeah there were like four but i was like wow we're pulling a guardians of the galaxy 2 here yeah so so the first one um it shows it's in a room that there's very dark lighting and you see someone wearing what looks like the black Adam suit. And, you know, they're like whispering and saying, people will follow me as I am the black Adam. And then like it lights up and you see that it's not actually black Adam. It's just Rowan Atkinson, you know, Mr. Bean himself trying to like pretend he's, Black Adam. I guess like he's a character who's trying to pull a Mandarin or something. And it's kind of funny because like he's played Black Adder in that really funny British comedy series. So I guess this is kind of a tip of the hat to that. Um yeah, it was just kind of weird. Yeah, but then it like I thought that was weird too, but then it was like make it like then it pulls it was on a TV screen and it's showing all these different TV like TV shows of like people being inspired by Black Adam, like taking control of uh you know fighting harder against like 
government and um, places of oppression. I was like, oh, it's a, it started as a joke, but now it's like, oh, it's a, it was a sign of, oh, we're, like people are believing in Black Adam in, in yeah. a way they never believed in the other heroes. Yeah, there's even some graffiti that says Black Adam was right. So yeah, yeah he's it's showing his influence, his influence on the rest of the world. Yeah, and it's actually like the screen is actually on the watchtower, the JLA um, Hall of Justice, and Martian Manhunter's watching it, and he's just like, "Oh God," <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> because it's like they're following a literal fascist, like they're believing in a literal fascist, and some people are becoming like, "Oh, we'll fight fascism by believing in a fascist." Yeah, it's very. Like, it's sad to say that something like this is very believable. Do you remember what the next credit scene was? Like, I kind of get the order of that mixed up. Yeah. So the next one is Ibax sitting in Bell Rev, and then there's an explosion in the wall, followed by a giant robot that comes in. And that robot is somebody. I'll get to him in a moment. But then the robot, like, comes down, kills some security guards, then opens his hand to let out uh, Dr. Savannah step out of the hand and approach Ibak with um, Mr. Mind, the worm at the end of the Shazam movie on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ah, Ibak, we're just who we're looking for. This is Mr. Adam, by the way. Mr. Adam's another sh sh classic Shazam villain. Black Adam, he causes you some trouble, huh? How about, how, what if we told you we, you could get away at him and the rest of, of the Shazam family? So we're building, it looks like we're building the classic um, Shazam family enemy group, the Monster Society of Evil. It's like the Sinister Six of Shazam villains. Yeah, it, like I gotta tell you, when first watched the Shazam movie and it got to that credit scene with Mr. Mind, I wasn't sure really who he was. Like maybe I saw him in something beforehand and forgot about him, but like when they showed this worm talking to savannah I, was, I thought to myself i don't know what's going on but i love that they're willing to get weird with this in the live action movies <laughs> exactly we also get another credit scene where it's around christmas time so i guess so i guess it's debatable whether this is a christmas movie but you see like uh some kids watching the news there's some reports about people talking about Black Adam and, you know, uh, some people influenced by him. And the kid turns around and it is, of course, Billy Batson himself. And he he runs home, talks to the rest of the family, and then they all yell out, Shazam! And that cuts to black. That was really cool. Um, they I like how they briefly mention it as, like, Billy's talk, because Freddy's with him, and he's like... Yeah. Because they mentioned like Fury of the Gods, so they were dealing with that at the time. So I was like, "Oh, so that's where you were. You were dealing with the um with the gods. All right, that explains why they weren't there in this movie. But now they're back, and now seeing the effects of Black Adam, and there's like, and um there's this look of fear in Billy's eyes because he's like, "That's the guy the wizard was trying to warn me about." Yeah, it's it's a really neat scene, and I'm really curious to see what happens in Fury of the Gods. Like, this got me more hyped for it. So yeah, that was really cool. And then the final scene happens um, at the very end where Black At where we go to Kondok and Black Adam is like on his throne talking to like the generals who are still loyal to him. And one of the uh, one of the generals is Arnold Vosloo um, from The Mummy, who, like we talked about, voiced yeah. Black Adam <laughs> in, in um, the Shazam animated film. So that was yeah. really cool. 
um, he's talking to him and they're telling him like, you know, Kondok is going like Bialya has re retreated back forces, but you know, it's only a matter of time before the United Nations, you know, declare war on Kondok. And he's like, and, and, uh, Black Adam's like, let them come. I, you know, we have an army of our own and I, and he's like, S and then Vaslu's general is <laughs> like, with all due respect, my Lord, but our military, even with your might couldn't, you know, cannot stand against them and every metahuman dog on in the planet. And he's like, good. And it is fortunate that I have allies, and, you know, that I have allies. And then he looks, oh, he holds up like a little device and it has the face of the Legion of Doom symbol on it. Yeah, that got me really hyped. I was like, yo. <laughs> so it makes me wonder is like, wait, are we doing, are we back to doing the Legion of Doom thing? Like we were talking about in the, in the awful version of Justice League. <laughs> Because that's the one thing that I was excited about is seeing the Legion of Doom in live action. The way that scene is done in Zack Snyder's version is better, like, just overall. Like, like the theatrical version of that scene looks awkward like the rest of the movie. But the idea of the Legion of Doom coming into play it is such a neat idea. And it's like, you know, I don't know which timeline they're supposed to be continuing from at this point, but... I guess you could put the Legion of Doom in either way and it could work. So yeah, I, I, I really hope they don't drop the ball on this Legion of Doom thing and like do it to perfection, you know? Like, like you know, Black Adam feels like he rivals the MCU's Thanos in terms of just how interesting of a villain he is. It's really cool to see that the DCU has like their own version of that um like you could say that dark side could have been that too but we've spent more time with black adam than with dark side and so this is like a really cool way to do that sort of thing absolutely well unless we have anything else to bring up uh did you want to go into final thoughts and score out of 10 yeah i really love this um it was really good. Um, I had no expectations for this movie, but after seeing it, I was like, damn, I'm very impressed. And now I'm more excited than ever to see Shazam and Black Adam collide. Yeah, definitely. So what would your score out of 10 and do you know of measurement for it be? I would say I would give it seven giant Bill Burrs out of 10. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, that wasn't as high as I was expecting, but... 7.5 7, yeah. 7 there I think it I think it got its message very well but I think it kind of tripped on itself towards the end um about the message uh, and we also like I feel like they wanted to rush to the giant fight scene in the end yeah that's fair like I was watching this video where I think it was by Nerdstalgic and it was talking about how many superhero movies have a third act problem and I guess that's kind of, that's true with lots of those types of movies and we're just kind of used to it, but it's, yeah. So maybe this was kind of an instance of that, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, I was really impressed with this movie. Like I didn't have many expectations either. And like Dwayne Johnson just blew me away. Like uh, I was like, I'm just so into this and seeing what happens next. Uh, there were, like, some head scratchers, like, while I was watching the movie, like, wait, where are the other characters? When does this take place? You know, that sort of thing. 
But overall, I really loved how they presented Black Adam and his story in this. So I think I'm going to give this 9.5 out of 10 distant stars to exile someone to. I still think I prefer the Batman over this. Like that one was a 10 out of 10 for me. Probably my favorite movie of this year. But yeah, like what a way to end this year with this movie is quite a, yeah, it's quite the flick, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So yeah, thanks for joining me again, Mr. Multiverse. Where can people find all your stuff? Uh, They can find me on YouTube of Mr. Multiverse and they can see me on Patreon of Mr. Multiverse. Nice. Yeah, and people can follow me at Steven Schinder on Instagram and Twitter, Steven Schinder Storytelling on Facebook. Go to stevenschinder.com for my book-related stuff. If you want to hear me and my dad talk about the band Yes, you can go to anchor.fm slash yesshift and see all the different platforms we're on. Uh, We got like a holiday-themed episode coming out around the time this episode comes out. So yeah, lots of fun. And if you want to email Delayed Replay, you can email DelayedReplayPodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on, I don't know, The Rock's filmography. Yeah, just drop us a line, I guess. We might read your thoughts on the show. And yeah, I think that'll do it. That does it for Season 2 of Delayed Replay. Uh, Like I mentioned off the top, there will be a bit of a break Uh, probably at least several weeks. I don't have a firm return date in mind just yet. I have to like think about what's coming out in our universe and what episodes can be done about them and when. Uh, I'm even considering like whether to change the release schedule a bit. Like a while ago, I was thinking of maybe season three would be bi-weekly depending on the content. So like a new episode every other week. But then later I thought, well, should it be three a month instead? So that that's something I'll be thinking about during this break, and I'll figure it out. So just keep an eye out, stay subscribed, keep an eye on the socials, and I'll keep everyone posted when things are coming back for season three. So yeah, that'll do it. I hope everyone's having a happy holiday or holidays. Uh, But without further delay, have a good day.